I'm comedian Timmy Boyle, and this is the greatest live Instagram comedy experience that nobody knew about. March of 2020, I just arrived home from tour when COVID-19 shut down the world. So despite being severely technically challenged, I started a daily live Instagram show right here from my living room. Because how hard could it be? And how long could a pandemic last? Apparently longer than five months. So now, a hundred episodes later, I've called comedians as diverse in experience as they are in style from all around the world to discuss comedy, life, and, well, whatever. I had no goals, which was a great idea. I avoided tech checks, which was a bad idea. And I eventually wore no pants. The jury's still out on that one. And my OJ, over 150 days, transformed from refreshing drink to rancid mystery liquid right before our eyes. It was a random, free-flowing, hilariously messy ride into the minds and backstage lives of entertainers where anything could happen, and did, including a trip to a goat farm. Overcoming a lack of direction, resources, and tech ineptness, as well as multiple zombie cyber attacks, a project not expected to last even a week soon developed into a must-watch show like no other. But don't take my word for it. See for yourself, right here on another episode of Calling Comedians in Quarantine. Is that it? Did we get it all? Awesome. Oh, I can't breathe in that. I don't know how, I don't know how the stormtroopers do that. That's hot. You can't even see out of it. Thank you, everybody who is joining in tonight um, on this day in the middle of quarantine season. Oh, man. Welcome to my living room, everybody. Let me just take a look back here, see who we've got in the room tonight. Looks like we got Roy, LeBrandon, CJ's back. My mom is here, as is tradition here on the show. Would you please all say hello to my mom? She really appreciates it. She doesn't get a chance to see me ever. This is the only chance that, that she has. So please, um, shout outs to my mom right now as we get ready to start the show. That would be much appreciated. You can call her mom. You can call her Janine. You can call her... Tim's mom, whatever, just shout outs to my mom right now. Uh, that would be fantastic. Uh, Roy already got in there with the uh, hello to mom and CJ's already in there. Look at that. You guys already know. Um, much appreciating my mom here. Um, all right, here we go. The zombies did not get me. I am uh, here and ready to go. Ryan Lee Comedy is in here. Craig Comedy is in here. We're going to get to Craig in a minute. Welcome to I Am My. Man, everybody is everybody is showing up today. All of our regulars are in. We see some new people in the house. All right, I'm just trying to catch up, see everybody here. Ladies and gentlemen, we're in for another great evening here on Calling Comedians in Quarantine. My name is Timmy Boyle. You are in my living room. We have been uh, hunting down uh, zombies. Um, and, uh, I will admit right now that, uh, 
This has been pretty slow. We are on uh, day, uh, well, I think this is episode 46. I think I'm on day 48 of quarantine and zero zombie kills. Getting a little bit depressed right now. They they promised us pandemic and uh, literally no zombies um, have been taken down yet. I've seen them dressed as old ladies and uh, children. But because I can't really confirm, I can't just go around just slaughtering people. I need to, I need a little more evidence than that. Uh, correct, CJ, this orange juice. I have been sipping this orange juice. Uh, we've been topping it up a little bit each day, but literally most of it, that's why I stirred it. I don't know if you caught that at the beginning. I've been trying to, because it settles. This is day 46 of drinking the same glass of orange juice. And I don't know if you guys knew this, but it gets fermented and it gets tart and it is hardly refreshing anymore, although the glass is super cool. Oh, so this evening could go a little sideways. Uh, before we bring in our guest tonight here on Calling Comedians Inc. Quarantine, we are going to do the official changing from the episodes on our roll of toilet paper. Last night was episode 46. We've seen technology fail us in almost every show on this little journey of ours, this seven, six to seven week journey we're in the middle of now. But our toilet paper never has. Ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Last night was episode 46 with Will Twinstra was here in the house. And now we are going to episode... Dun, 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 dun. Episode 47, everybody. 47. Uh, Dutchikin says, I gave my mom crap for messing me up last night. Will Twinstra, who is Dutchikin73 on here, if you want to uh, check him out, uh, last night he got cut off of our show because his mom tried calling him twice. I'm not even mad at his mom. He shouldn't be mad at his mom. I'm mad at the fact that uh, whatever system is in place here, feels that a phone call is automatically more important than anything else that's going on. And usually, a phone call nowadays is somebody you don't know. Um, so that's what I do too. I only have my mom on phone call, and that way I can, uh, when the phone rings, I'll be like, that's eh, probably a spammer. But anyways, uh, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to my living room. You are in for another treat tonight. We've been calling comedians over the last six and a half weeks here from all over the world, bringing them from their living room into my living room and ultimately into yours, unless you are currently sitting in the bathroom um, and uh, you're like, yeah, this is where I still find my quiet time. Maybe you got kids there and you, you're, this is where you watch the show from your bathroom. That's okay. That's cool. I'm currently not wearing pants. Yours might may be down at your ankles. It doesn't really matter. Uh, this is all about just finding a place of comfort. That's what we really want to establish here. So thank you so much for uh, joining me here tonight. Uh, big shout out, of course, to Hulk Hogan, Alyssa Milano. Um, but of course, we have we have Yoda back here. On uh, on Star Wars Day, as it is now, there's our Princess Leia. She's here tonight. Let's uh, let's bring in some of our some of our guests. Uh, Darth Vader, round of applause. The greatest um, villain in cinematic history. Uh, the stormtroopers. Look, they can't hit anything, um, but uh, for a trained and uh, highly elite fighting force. 
they miss all the time, please check out the video that I have on my Instagram Live or on my story now where uh, I have a stormtrooper that shows that not only do they miss in, in combat, but they miss everywhere, including the washroom. You're going to want to check that out on my Instagram feed. Um, we got the, uh, we got the emperor here, the emperor, um, for those of you who, uh, have seen all of the Star Wars movies, quite frankly, it actually might be the story of the emperor. If you've ever watched it all through, kind of like he kind of is involved in the whole thing. Um, we got Jabba the Hutt in the house tonight. Uh, Jabba, obviously a very cool villain in and of himself. Boba Fett is considered one of the most amazing villains uh, as well in the Star Wars world, and yet he actually gets very, very little screen time. It's quite amazing for somebody who did so little to be so, so iconic, but good for him. Um, that's kind of what I've, you know, in giant scheme of things, I've done very little, but I'm pretty iconic. Um, and then, of course, we go to the good guy's side here, and uh, Han Solo, one of the coolest guys in the universe, somebody that I look up to immensely. Uh, C-3PO, is here. Nobody likes C-3PO at all, ever. Uh, R2-D2, super cute. Then they brought in the little Bebo guy, the little rolling one. Nobody liked that guy. You know, you can't beat the plastic. And then, of course, we got Chewbacca, um, our, hurry, our furry little friend or big friend. Anyways, they're all here tonight. Uh, let's, uh, let's get this thing going here before we lose anybody, because you might be saying, I'm not even a Star Wars fan. It's okay. But here's the thing, folks. On this show, we have one goal, to have no goals. So if that's not your cup of tea, head off somewhere else, because we know you've got so many more options in quarantine. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's bring in our guest tonight. Craig Comedy um, is, is here. So we're going to uh, call in Craig Comedy to join us tonight on episode of calling comedians in quarantine. Craig, are you there? Come on. Yes. Hey, how is everybody? Well, I can only speak for myself, my friend. Okay. And well, I, I would prefer if you did. Good. That's good. I just noticed my head is like taking up that entire screen. So, yeah, anyway. I've noticed that you have a very large head. I never wanted to bring it up, but now we're just letting everything go with this quarantine thing. Right, and with the uh, COVID quaff thing happening too, like it's just only going to get bigger and bigger. And I'm training yeah. for a man bun kind of thing. So I like you got this nice little wave happening. Yeah, I, I, actually, I'm almost down to gorilla glue for what I need to keep it down because uh, it just gets so out of control. So yeah, I'm not really sure. I, no. I, I don't even. Yeah, there's not even like an actor that I can say I have a haircut like because no one had a pandemic when they were like getting their hair done. So they maybe Chewbacca. <laughs> maybe. Uh, yeah. I'd be for that. But I, you know, and what you were saying with the stormtroopers, I really think the stormtroopers are descendants of the A team. I think that they are seeing hey. as they just can't seem to hit anything. Mm, yeah. I don't, uh, I, I don't do not like to have any attack on the A team. That's, that's kind of banned on this show. Well, you know, I don't really uh, care. Fair enough. That's why I like you, Craig. There is no and, goals. Um, so two things. Number one, uh, does anybody in your household is uh, you and your you and your wife are quarantined together? Anybody else with you guys? 
so our son still lives here. Um, so he, um, he's like in pilot training, but obviously not really getting a lot of flying time right now with quarantine. Mm -hmm. So, uh, he's still working, but we try to stay distance that way because he's working, doing, um, courier stuff. And then my wife, she works from home and then I work from home or go into the office. A little bit so, too, I was just wondering if any of them can cut your hair. Like, is there anybody there who has the skills to actually fix that? I have considered that. Uh, Carrie, my wife, has offered a number of times. I'm not really sure if I want like a sharp edge that close in this area mm -hmm. or like in this area. So I'm just kind of thinking that it may not be in my best interest or at least longevity wise. Yeah. Right. Because the quarantine is pretty long. Um, and now um, I actually uh, I have only been shaved with a close like a blade. I, I don't even use a blade to shave. I use like hair trimmers on the minimum. I don't put a blade near my anything because I'm afraid of like blood and stuff like that. So right. um, I went, though, for entertainment purposes years ago to an actual barber mm -hmm. to get one of the straight blade cuts. Yeah. And uh, I, I sat down in the chair. True story um about about partway through after him just putting on the stuff and starting to shave he asked if i if he should open the door because he could tell that i was about to go faint and uh, i almost collapsed um because like knowing that there was like a blade that close to me he tried to say oh it's pro some people can't handle the shaving cream odor but yeah. i was flat out scared that this guy was gonna like slice my head off have you just like watched too many Godfather movies or did you actually think that someone had enough money to pop you off? Like, cause... Well, I know there's people that want to pop me off. I know that's happening out there, but. And the price uh, high isn't that high, but. Well, I just don't, I just don't trust. I, I know he'd been doing it for years, but like when you got a guy with like a blade in his hand, all it takes is that one little thing of him going, oh, what was that? You know, like, and I'm done. Or a sneeze, like something like that. Like if he just sneezes or... A hiccup, a thrust, you know, like an accidental thrust. Like Suzanne says a zombie in disguise. I don't know. Maybe there were zombies already out there. And a zombie has... They don't exactly have the steadiest of hands. No. Do you think they're going to congregate in Sterling first? That's really my biggest question. With the zombies? Yeah. Oh, they already like they they, the they meet. I'm not can I, I can't go around killing them yet because I don't have any, like enough evidence. But there's this pack of older um, people that meet up by the bridge, and I'm pretty sure that they're zombies. Do you think that zombies would not care about social distancing? So maybe that's good evidence right there. If they get close, then you just start whacking them all off. I think that might be an option, and just claim it. Just say, look, there well, was no. Six they're feet. they're smarter, so they're all standing six feet apart, and and it's because mm. zombies. They're not they're not dumb. I mean, they might be brainless, but they're not they're not dumb. And they they know that if, if they're going to draw us in, then they need to obey the society niceties. Now, mind you, um, a couple times on this show, uh, they have um, deliberately tried to cyber attack the show because I because I threaten them so often. And so right. um, they are they are they're playing brain games now. The zombies are. Yeah, well, you know, I would. I don't think I would be surprised at all with zombies really trying to outsmart you. Like that's kind of no, like their no, gig. I'm pretty, right? I'm pretty. I'm pretty keen. Hey, uh, I don't know if you could tell. Can you see how? Yeah, I got all this sun on my forehead. You see how all the red, uh, red that is? Can you tell? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I don't is know. That, if are you bragging? 
Did you well? Did you celebrate Naked Gardening Day on Saturday, or was that just me? No, probably it was just you. Yeah, I was uh, not celebrating that. Um, okay. Yeah, I. Uh, no. I, I, I don't think I, I think I've missed it every year. I try to get out every year. It was a lot. It was a lot quieter outside than normal, but I did get some sun. Um, wow. my legs are my legs and thighs were a little little red and sore too. Yeah, we didn't have enough sun on Saturday. Sunday was our day here, where it was really nice and. So we smoked some meat out of the prime rib and some yeah. smoked some cheese, cold smoked cheese and stuff. So it was a nice day, but hey, the Saturday so, wasn't good. Um, so let's uh, let's talk about some comedy here, Craig. Uh, okay. Uh, number one, uh, I am a huge fan of your comedy. Um, it is uh, it is it is a little dark and a little twisted, and I absolutely love that. Now. I do want to set the table here because in full disclosure, I think people need to know kind of everything about you. And we're going to kind of walk through some of this, but you are a uh, full-time pastor and um, an aspiring comic. And you are now on the upstanding comedies roster um, in terms of somebody that we want to continue to develop, get on the circuit tour, try to get more stage time outside of that, which, uh, you know, we tried, but then uh, this bug went around and kind of shut us down for a little while here. So, Hopefully, we'll all be alive at the end. But tell me um, how your transition to you're a pastor, and then what what is it that made you say, "I want to try this comedy thing"? Uh, it was Timmy Boyle, actually. Um, I, it was yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. He is. Uh, there's a very low price on his head. But anyways, um, yeah. With with because uh, we have the uh, upstanding tour at our church uh, it's one of the locations that you tour at and it always been like a uh thing for me to want to do like upstairs like bucket list hey i gotta do a five minute you know uh open mic or something like this right. and you know you and i talked a bit about it but and a lot of people because i use humor in my messages and all this oh you gotta just stand up but i would tell people like in um comedy it's not about being funny, telling the truth. In comedy, who cares about the truth, right? Now you're just judged on whether you're funny. And so I remember when, you know, I started doing some writing and getting you to critique it and that, like, it, it was a real chore, even after 20 year plus years of writing sermons and knowing that shtick, if you want to use that term, yeah. or I want to use that term. But then you move into a different, like, genre, which is finding the, the hits and, and learning about, you know, uh, tension and pause and, and pun, you know, all sorts of humor and things. So it was like almost being jumped into a whole writing class into itself, which actually, and it, it kind of flips back into your message preparation as well. So I've learned a lot of the tools that I've got from comedy has flipped back into how I give my presentations and messages on Sundays and stuff. I um I've been telling people for years that everybody who is a public speaker in any regard should try stand up comedy uh, at least a few times. And the reason I say it is because number one, you've talked about the transition of some of the skill sets. I think comedy has a very unique set of skill sets and experiences um, that other things don't have that can help any sort of public realm. If you, I, I put it this way, Craig, and and I know you've kind of experienced this, but if if you go out 
um, and you do, and your goal is to do three minutes of comedy and make a crowd laugh. That's one of the, I think that's one of the most um, intimidating things to do. You got one thing to do, make them laugh. If you go out to do three minutes and you bomb, okay, it is the, it is a soul wrenching experience. But if you, when you survive that, there is going to be no other crowd that is ever going to freak you out. Right. If you go out there and you crush the three minutes and the place erupts, you will be riding again. No crowd will fear you. You will go out there with an adrenaline rush every single time you hit the stage. And so I think if somebody can pull it off, it helps any public speaker and certainly as pastors, because we know every pastor wants to be a comic. It's true. I actually know a lot of pastors think they're comics. Right. And I, at least I had the realization of saying no, and I had to, to work at it. But I would even take it a step further. I think it means I think it works best when you crush it and then you bomb it. Because what happens is, is you can ride the crush and you deliver the same thing. And in the next room, you bomb it. Yeah. Let me know if you start fading out after with that uh, OJ. But uh, you, when you bomb it, then you realize, oh, it's not about just the uh, the the content now you have to read every room you have to know who your room is so you know you talk about being dark i you know i whatever but like it's it's more so you have to find their pressure point on humor right so that you can and you have to do that really quickly so that's what the part i like about it because whether you're a minister or whether you're as you say a, a public speaker if you're in your sales like the moment you walk into a business you have to read the room you have to know how to deliver this. So it's the same information, but you have to tailor it and be creative every time. Uh, Dutchikin73 says every comic knows they can't be a pastor. Uh, I disagree. Pretty much anyone can be a pastor. <laughs> you don't even, I don't yeah. even paperwork nowadays. Yeah, <laughs> at least right now, pretty much. Yeah. Like, actually, any pastor can be a televangelist now. That's, that's kind of what's happened that's, now. We've that's all true. turned that's into true. televangelists. Right. Hey, uh, so um, we've been talking to other comics along the way about the the limits, especially in clean comedy, like what you can and cannot, you know, say. And, and you know, some people don't believe, you know, any topics off limits. As a pastor, have you have you had the battle and have those conflicts internally about should I or shouldn't I do this? Not even necessarily whether or not Craig McKibben thinks it's wrong. But knowing that you have a platform as a pastor, do you have that struggle? Oh, absolutely. I think that, see, humor is humor, right? Humor is distraction, right? So, like, that's one of the things I love about what you're doing. And I feel bad for a lot of the people that maybe don't have the platform. But I even like some of the innovation that I've seen in some of my friends and in comedy that are doing some online shows and whatever. Because comedy is that distraction from the reality of what we're going through. Right. And so you have to ask yourself, what do I need to do to get distracted? And so when it comes to like comedy and choice of content, you and I, you know, we have, you know, our own conversations and, you know, there are some directions that I could go that it's not so much that it's uh, forbidden. It's just not wise because the but I'll still write it out because it's cathartic. I've got to get it out. Because I've got to make myself laugh, too. I've got to distract myself and pull the best that comes out. But that's when, hopefully, like as a minister, or you know, use wisdom and then say, okay, I can't go that way. Or that will be, that will, 
I'll be digging out of too big of a hole. And now they're not lo- looking at me as a comic anymore. They're looking at me as a pastor. And at the end of the day, that is what I really want to do is I want to bring transformation in people's lives, not just make them laugh at the cost of the other part, which is helping them out in their daily living. Um, just as a reminder, as people are coming in here, uh, my name is Timmy Boyle. That's Craig McKibben down there. You are watching Calling Comedians in Quarantine, episode 47. Hey, uh, okay, so um, you find right now you are doing online pastoring. Like, you're, well, you're on online sermons. I mean, pastoring obviously is a lot more personal, but you're doing online sermons. Now, both of us, as a comedian and a pastor, you're, you're usually in front of a, a live crowd getting that response. Um, maybe for you as a pastor, you don't even want a response or even need one. I mean, the more people are just kind of looking at you thinking, maybe that's, you know, that's good. If somebody's just doing this in a comedy show, that's a little bit uh, disheartening. But um, how do you find um, living in this online world right now? Like, like I, I find it, I find it, I find it okay because I, I kind of tune out the audience anyways. I kind of go into my own space and I do my thing and I, I kind of enjoy what I do. Um, but do you need the audience as a pastor and as a comic or, or is something like, you know, right now you're just talking to me, but is it, is this distance a good thing for you? No, I, I think that uh, like pastoring isn't about just communicating. Pastoring is about shepherding. And so if you're just guessing the sheep are around, you know that. So we've had to be really innovative as a church even. And so it's been beautiful in some ways because it's, it's made the things that really don't matter, not matter anymore. And people have just been able to jettison some of the holy cows that maybe we held on to and said, oh, we got to have that. Well, we can't have that. So what are we going to do? And then something actually comes more authentic. And many people in our church are actually saying that this is the closest they've ever felt to one another. Because it forces us out of our comfort zone, and we realize that uh, things like uh, programming or things like uh, the splash isn't as important as the connectedness, right? So, so what happens is, is yes, we've got uh, our online services, but we've purposely and ourselves, not placing any judgment on anybody else, but we made the conscious decision to go live so that I can, you know, I have people at the beginning before the service even starts and say, hey, Jimmy, it's great to have you online. Jimmy, man, we miss you and, and that. It, because if it's all pre-recorded and all that, anybody can go on Netflix and whatever and just watch a show, right? right and it's, yeah, not a, it's not about the show, much like in comedy. You know, you can watch a Netflix special of a comedian and yeah, you can laugh, but it's way different when you're in the room. Like I've been in the room with you and like someone will say something the next seven minutes because I know I'm on next. And I, I know you've just taken the next seven minutes and gone down a total different unique trail. Everyone in that room is like, we were there for that. Oh, my goodness. Right. Like yeah, yeah. East of Guelph means something to the crews. So I think that authenticity in the week, even been calling people in that. That's what matters. I think uh, I think this is going to change the landscape. Um, some people believe that all of this is going to force people more online. People are going to become more comfortable with online doing shows like these. Some people are talking about how, you know, comedy clubs will start to move more into a virtual world as well. I actually think the opposite is going to happen. I think at the end of this thing, I've been telling people for years that I think live entertainment is, is going to start making a comeback. I think this is going to force everybody to say, man, I can't wait to be in a room again 
and to get that that rare, very visceral reaction and feeling of being in a group of people and laughing with them um that's going to be super cool tell me about uh um who's influenced you as a comedian um what like does it does anybody um strike your funny bone and make you kind of go down a certain path in your comedy choices um boy yeah who um deep question uh, yeah, you know, and it's funny that as a comedian, you should almost have that as in your back pocket type of yeah, thing. Yeah, everybody asks it. It's a pretty boring question. I can't but, believe I went there. That's okay. Uh, I think that uh, for me, it's about the catch. It's when you're caught off guard. It's that sort of thing. So uh, people, um, I'm trying to think of. I haven't listened to some stuff lately, but one of the per, one of the comedians that I, I just really appreciate their wordsmithing is Erica Rhodes. So uh, Erica, I think it's called Sad Lemon or whatever is her album. And she is so smooth on pulling you down one trail and then slap you with like the wordsmithing. And yeah. she has a real grab on English. And I just, I think that's good. And I'll also say uh, another one that I will call it pre pre-filtered Amy Schuler, like back when she was on like last comic standing yeah. uh, before she became something. And I don't know what she became to be honest with you. But again, like the stuff she was doing in last comic standing, like that wordsmithing, the play on words, the pull you one direction, slap you a different way. Um, I'm always appreciating the, the ones that catch me off guard. Um, we've uh, sent a message off to Erica trying to get her on this show here, but I saw her down at um, the uh, the Clean Comedy Challenge down in Pasadena. Um, we were down at the Ice House, and um, she was in a room, and and someone from the crowd, because she's such a she's such a high wit comic, and I really appreciate that. But there's a lot of people out there that are consuming comedy, and unless it's a fart joke or something low brow, they just don't get it. I'm not even saying that one is better than the other. There's a place right. for all. But I think, right. we've, I think we've lost the ability to really appreciate kind of the, the, the really high wit stuff. And she was, someone in the crowd actually said, no, because nobody was laughing. And they were like, come on people, like this is hilarious. And it was the weirdest thing because like no one in the crowd was under, and I'm sitting there laughing over in the corner going, this girl is brilliant. And the crowd just wasn't getting, but then someone went up there and did like Chewbacca um, impressions and the crowd was like, ah! now on May the 4th, um, certainly that's a, that, that would be an appropriate joke because it's Chewbacca and all, but it was really kind of quite interesting watching a crowd all together reject a, some really good wordplay and um, just be super satisfied with uh, impressions. Right. And so that's, again, where you need to know the room or need to, but at the same time, and I know in your venue is a little different because of the people coming in, but if I'm going to buy a ticket for somebody that's more on that high end of thinking, like, you know, you think of something like uh, uh, Dennis Miller, like that guy's even over my head, like he's hilarious, but I've tried, I have to keep trying to catch up to him. Right. Cause yeah. he's just at a really high level of thinking. But if you go into that sort of venue as a guest, like you're going to come out of there with just, in my opinion, just this rich um, sense of, of humor and whatever. And that's what I like. I want to challenge myself. I don't need the fart joke. Right. And uh, you know, because to me, 
I don't think it's funny. So why would I go down that trail? I want to make myself laugh when I'm typing it or writing it out. When I'm writing it and laughing and can't wait to send it to Timmy, that's usually when I'm like, oh, buddy. Like, it's, that's where that catharsis comes in because your writing, your creative has actually made yourself laugh at the play on words or whatever. You know, you know who's super funny? Darth Vader. Super funny. Don't you think so? Oh, my so? goodness. So I, I think it's so funny. I, I think the fact that he actually thought that he could take Obi-Wan on the lava hill, like that's funny to me. That he's, was comedy. I was like, super, dude. He's super deadpan, that guy. Yeah, I think he's, um, did you know, actually just because we're on May the 4th here, um, did you know that uh, R2-D2 and C-3PO were actually included in the Star Wars show as kind of the, the comic element like han solo is traditionally seen as kind of, he's got all those one-liners and very witty but they were brought in very abbott and costello right. um, that whole that whole thing right someone's short and stocky someone tall and thin a very like well-used comedy but yeah c-3po and r2d2 were brought in as the as the comedy sidekicks per se um to the star wars franchise which i always thought was kind of interesting right yeah i never really saw and I, and I want to let you know, I'm a nine episode Star Wars fan. You know, I know that some people should think it should be eight or even seven. But yeah. I, you know what, I can even, I can stomach Phantom Menace. It's pretty cool. It's okay. It's an okay I am story. a, uh, I'm a seven. I, uh, one, okay. I, one, I watched the very beginning of and uh, left. I'd never seen the rest of it. Number two, I had no. You've never even seen it. I, You've never seen all of one. No, and I'd never seen um, number two. And then I watched number three only because, only because I think Darth Vader is one of the greatest villains of cinematic history. And I wanted to see the, the, the episode that he changes. I wanted to see that, how they did the transition. Jar Jar Briggs for the win, uh, we got somebody saying. And uh, uh, I don't even know, was he in one or two? I don't even, I don't He's even in know. He's in one. But yeah, he, he, he was, well, one, and I guess maybe he was in two as well. I don't know, but he was now, certainly some people, some people say that he was, uh, you know, he was a, a horrible, you know, comedic part that was supposed to be in there. Some people say, though, that he was like some sort of like crazy Jedi master, which uh, blows my mind, but I've still never seen it. I'm not going to. Yeah, no, I, I think that if you're going to watch any of them, you should watch two, because two is a great example of when you're stuck with an actor for a trilogy. Like in three, okay, you saw how bad he was in three. In one, you know, he's, he's a kid. In two, you now got this guy, and now it's like, oh, you're stuck now. You're like, ah, what am I going to do? Like, I, yeah. I, I'm not going to change his character because you always see when that happens, no one's like, who's that new guy, right? You're all, you're wanting yeah, the same it, guy. It, it only worked once on Roseanne when they changed the daughter. And then everyone right. thought, oh, that's all right. Right. Or in Roseanne when they just got rid of Roseanne. Yeah, that was the more recent one. Um, so, uh, what was I? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, here's the thing about the, I don't know if anybody here, it, it is May the 4th. So, I just want to talk about this briefly. And then we're going to, uh, I just want to ask you a couple more things about comedy. But um, you've seen them all. You're okay. Everybody on here, I'm just going to say spoiler alert. Um, they all as well, The, the, the statute of limitations is long past. So when um, Kylo Ren, who is like the, the Caillou of the Star Wars universe, just a whiny, whiny little kid, when he goes in and, uh, and, and kills Han Solo, um, 
I didn't see that coming. My daughter was like, you didn't see that coming? I literally, like, my jaw dropped, and I started to tear up. And I was like, oh, like, they actually killed him. And, and I didn't see it. I thought he was going to, like, start to transition his son, and then maybe they would, like, he would swing at him and run. I didn't see that coming at all. But the biggest thing that I saw in the entire series was people have said, is it the story of Luke Skywalker? No, he was a dweeb at the beginning, and uh, he got cool at the end. But um, was it the story of Darth Vader? That's where I was leaning. It was actually kind of Darth Vader's arc. But I actually think that it's actually the story of the Emperor. And if you watch that thing unfold, he literally is the central element from beginning to end in different forms, because he wasn't always the Emperor. But right. if you actually watch the nine movies, this gentleman here is actually the story arc. Or the linchpin, so to speak. Maybe the arc isn't, because to me, I think the arc is always about the duality of good and evil and how fragile it is to flip either way. Whether it's Kylo Ren trying to come on this side, whether it's, you know, like just in every, I wanted to say Daisy Riddler, whatever her name is, I can't remember her name in the movie. Yeah. But but I, I can't remember the name of the movie. But like it's they but that that sort of tension, how quickly you can flip either way. So I think that the to me the arc is that tension throughout. And he, you're right, is this constant pull on the dark side. But and so assuming he really is dead this time, then you would think you know, maybe there will be a ten now. But like if you assume he's dead the question then becomes what becomes of a society that doesn't have palpatine pulling any strings right that tension is very much the same tension in in life um and in comedy because um especially underneath a a, a common um or a, under a clean brand like there are times where i've questioned whether or not um branding myself as upstanding comedy and, and at that a certain level of cleanness, whether or not that was a good thing, because it's like there are certain things that I find funny that I don't think really crosses an, a line, but might underneath my brand. And there's there's this constant tension, and people sit there and say, "Oh, how do you how do you only write? How do you do clean?" And I've heard other people say, and I'm not questioning whether or not it's true or not true in their mind, but they'll say stuff of going, "Oh." That's all I ever do. I just, I just, it just comes naturally. Are you kidding me? I am constantly battling whether or not I should ever take this to the stage or this to the stage. I got stuff in my head that I think is hilarious. And I, and I battle that all the time going, Tim, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. I go, I shouldn't have done it. <laughs> you do it that. first. Okay. Yeah, fair yeah. Well, you and I have talked about the cut what I call the cutting room floor, right? There's a lot of things you just say, ixnay on that. And you just got to, you got to get rid of it, right? Because even in one of my things, I talk about the fact that, you know, one of the reasons why I'm cool doing comedy is because as a pastor, I'm used to standing in a room with a, people, a bunch of people just looking at me and judging me, right? Yeah. So, like, you, you're you never going to – you're always going to bring some sort of question onto, oh, that's offensive, that's offensive, because humor is tension. Humor is looking at yeah. things from a different perspective, right? So yeah. I just yeah. try to, as much as possible, keep the lens of – by being a minister, because that helps me kind of keep things back in line. Because at the end of the day, they're going to see me the next morning in church or whatever. 
I think there, if there is zero tension as an entertainer, as a, as a comedian, if there's zero tension in your performance, um, I think you're, um, a news broadcaster. Yeah. I, 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 I don't think, I don't think you're truly doing your job. I, I believe this to be true that, uh, the true level of success or a measure of success in, uh, in the entertainment and comedy world is that almost just as many people hate you as like you. Like if, if when that happens, you are you are starting to push you are you are pushing limits because if, if is this comedy or ministry is this comedy or ministry which one are you talking about your comedy or ministry it's the same Where you have just as much people <laughs> it's the same it's like life is tension if you are trying to please yeah. everybody and somehow pulling it off then you haven't really dug in anywhere and i don't think number one that it's possible to please everybody anyways but i think the the limited like i want to have just as many people leaving my instagram page as coming in um because what i want is people who really love what i do and the people that were just kind of going yeah you know what i kind of like it it's like you know what the moment i post something and they're like i don't like that anymore it's okay you can go i don't need everybody to like me what i want to see is that dynamic of, of where my audience becomes defined and some people are like I can't handle Timmy. I don't like his brand of humor. And other people go on, I love Timmy. I love his brand of humor. And at that point, you probably become something unique enough that it splits the world. Right. And I think that from my perspective, humor is about challenging the listener to question their own value system on something. Right? Like I, I heard one person say that, you know, I'm, I don't agree per se that anything can be humorous. I understand in principle anything can be humorous, and they likened it to like a pole vaulting, uh, you know, stick, and saying that you know the higher the pole is set at, uh, the whatever the jump is set at, it just means you have to get that much harder to get over it. It's doable, but like right. if you go crashing into it, then you just didn't even try. But I do think that again. There's just in the clean side of things, understanding things. I'm looking at things from a clean perspective. There are some things that are off limits because you're just causing too much tension. But to cause somebody to reevaluate what they think about something and maybe look at it from a humorous perspective, to me, that's that cathartic release of just, oh, yeah, I never thought of it that way in a safe environment. That's awesome. Hey, Craig, uh, that's the bell, which means that we're going to get ready to shut down here because uh, we know everybody's really busy in quarantine. Plus, Absolutely. Uh, I'm about to go eat tacos and watch uh, Thor Ragnarok with my son. So that's another reason why we got to go. Why are you doing tacos on Monday? What's that? Like, wasn't it weird that, like, did you not see that thing where they said that Cinco de Mayo lands on Taco Tuesday brought by a virus named after a Mexican beer? It's no, I never saw all that. And I actually uh, okay. don't even know what day of the week it ever is anyway. So, uh, oh, there you go. So it's, it's all, it all could be Taco Tuesday. It, it could, it, it literally every day is no pants day for me. And uh, it all blends together. Um, somebody once said, actually, they're like, hey, what is it, what is, what is it like to be a comedian? And one of the other comics on, the, on our show here in the past said, uh, uh, you all now know. It's we sit around in our, in, with no pants and uh, every day is the same. So anyways, but I am, uh, my son and I are working our way through the Marvel movies one at a time. And now we're at Thor Ragnarok. So that's going to happen tonight. Um, are you doing the, are you doing the actual, like, 
beginning to end of it? Yeah, uh, as as they as they were released in the cinematic universe, and, uh, uh, okay. and it's it's been it's been very very cool. But listen, Craig, uh, I appreciate what you do not only as a pastor but as a comic for sure. I'm so glad you're on the Upstanding Comedy roster. Um, but I've seen you, even though I've never seen you preach and pastor per se. Uh, our conversations have uh, have shown me a lot about who you are um, and who I believe you are as a pastor. And I just want to tell you that I love you and admire you. And uh, may the fourth be with you, my friend. Well, that's great. Well, revenge of the fifth. So revenge. Oh, nice. I like that. Craig, okay. I love your humor, man. Where can people find your humor? Show, tell them where they can find you. Best bet is to find me uh, either at the church, uh, struggling with uh, keeping that line there. Evangel Church, but the humor part, the comedy, it's at Craig Comedy. You can find that, whether it's Facebook or on Instagram, at Craig Comedy. At Craig Comedy. That's beautiful. Uh, ben says, uh, Craig looks like a cross between Conan and Mark Ruffalo. I can see that. I can see that. You yes. got the little wave in your hair, and uh, you got that You got that rugged Mark Ruffalo kind of kind of thing. That's super cool. And, and I have and, about 1% uh, of their net worth. One wow, yeah, I would of their network. Because one percent of Mark Ruffalo's is probably still pretty good. Uh, maybe my math's off then. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I could say so. Hey, you can't be great, great at everything. Somebody here as well. Uh, the Ari, what is it? Oh, I always hate trying to read people's uh, uh, names. The R, the Arif Majid. The R, yeah, I, oh, I just, Arif Majid. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty close, I think. It was very um, good. He says he's seen you um, as a com comedian and a pastor, I believe, and that you're pretty good at both. I think you're pretty great at both. Craig, go and spend time with, uh, with your wife and your son. Get a haircut as soon as you can, and uh, stay well and keep in touch, my friend. Thanks so much, buddy. All right, you All keep right, safe. Thanks. Keep doing what you're doing. All right, appreciate it, man. Thanks, bye. Follow hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Calling Comedians in Quarantine. Please take a moment to like, share, subscribe, and ring the little bell so you and your friends don't miss any of the laughs. Episodes will be uploaded here at Timmy's Shorts daily until I run out. And be sure to check out the description below for links to connect with myself or my guests on social media, support us by buying merchandise, and also download the podcast version of this show. Until next time, remember, your brain, it's for thinking, not for eating. So just say no to zombies. My name's Timmy Boyle.